Since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. C.S. Lewis. If you don't know who that is, he is the author of a series of children's stories, The Chronicles of Narnia. They made movies about it um, as well. Uh, I never saw anything past the first movie they made, which is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, but those stories are fantastic. And I will be reading those to my kids one day when I have them. Uh, and it's, it relates really well to today's episode where we're talking about uh, children's stories. I am Simon Rubius, and this is Rubius Rambles. So this new remake of Mulan... <laughs> First off, Disney's been remaking their classic cartoons... Uh, into like either live action or just more realistic looking cartoons when with like the Lion King and stuff like that. But I knew Mulan was going to be horrible before uh, it was even released because there's no Mushu, there's no comic relief. They tried to make it this like realistic um, war story about Mulan, which is great, but you know, it's Disney putting out Mulan and the cartoon Mulan is is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time, and I just I knew from that point on it was going to be horrible because they were going to do some woke crap in it that makes it seem like uh, you know females <laughs> belong in combat or what whatever whatever kind of whatever type of analogy they're trying to get people to buy into. Uh, but what really makes this movie disgusting is that. They filmed part of it in China near one of China's uh, concentration camps. And if you don't know about China's concentration camps, I'm not going to go more into it. But look it up because there's concentration camps in China now. And this movie was filmed uh, near one of them. And in fact, uh, in the credits, they thank the Chinese Communist Party, the government, uh, China and just talk about talk about being asked backwards and apparently the lead actress for Mulan also like threw some shade at the Hong Kong police who uh, you know Hong Kong's going through a hard time right now I've kind of hinted at it throughout all these episodes but if you don't know about that again look it up it's just it's awful that what's going on over there and China is just truly evil so uh, don't pay for uh, Mulan on Disney+. Plus. I, I am not going to watch it. I've watched enough uh, commentators say what I just said about it, so I'm just I'm not even going not even gonna go there. Not, I don't even need to see it. Um, another children story that I want to go over is uh, Cuties, this new, film on Netflix about 11-year-old girls learning. They call it dancing, but it's really just stripping with with clothes on, and, and it's disgusting. I can't watch the trailer. Uh, I tried, and I can't even get through it because it's just, it makes you feel disgusting. It looks disgusting. It The concept of it is just disgusting. And I've heard, again, enough commentators saying stuff about it that have watched it that say that like one of the girls gets like her pants pulled down in part of it and you see like a little girl's backside and stuff and they're, they're like learning how to hump the floor and like shake their butts it's it's 
it's evil. It's pedophilia. There, it, if you don't think that the elites the, are trying to push some kind of normalcy on pedophilia as like a sexual orientation, then you're you're really living under a rock because it. This is just awful. It it won awards. Uh, I've seen some pictures of people that reviewed it on I am. I am an IMDB, and uh, they look like pedophiles. Uh, I feel like every day uh, I go like on social media, there's like people discussing discussing why it's a sexual orientation, and it's it's not. It's it's a disease, and the cure for pedophilia is castration or um, you know execution because it's you just these these people are sick. They do not deserve sympathy. Um, I don't care what, how they got to where they are to the, just, it, there's no argument you can make that pedophilia is okay. I don't care. And I know in other countries, um, the age of consent's like all the way down to 12. It's disgusting. They're children. Uh, children shouldn't be sexualized, period. It's just, I'm having a really hard time talking about this and not getting angry uh, and not just yelling into the microphone, but it's, it's just, it's evil. It's evil. It's, you know, it's like everything else I talk about on this show. Uh, it's just another form of evil. And it's not just like this new Netflix movie and the Mulan movie. Uh, you know, there's so many like small children's stories now out there. I read one, or I read a, an article talking about there was like these stories for nine-year-olds, like nine to ten-year-olds, uh, little girls about uh, masturbation, and it was like, what, what, what the hell? Uh, I also think uh, in my last episode I interviewed or well sat down and talked with Jack O'Lantern uh, from Parlor. He has his own show, The Jack O'Lantern Show. Now you should go check that out. But we we talked about um, the pedophilia uh like toys like they had like this like trolls doll that had like a button on her crotch that made her make like not strictly orgasm sounds you know they argued that it was like a a button to so that if you sat her down it's like she's going oof but still there's just so much of this garbage coming out that it's it's kind of hard to ignore and it, you shouldn't ignore it. You should kind of know about it, but at the same time, it's just so... It's utterly disgusting and disheartening to know that there are adults in America and throughout the world that are trying to push this, like... This, like, no, again, a normalcy for pedophilia, and it's disgusting. So, with all that garbage and nastiness out of the way, let's get to the book that I wanted to highlight. And the reason why the title of this episode is Run for the Mountains. Um... My Side of the Mountain is a small chapter book that came out in 1959, written by Gene Craighead George, and uh, it it's I consider it a classic. I'm looking at the book right now. It's got the Newbery Honor book, like the silver seal on it, and um, it's I I was read this story when I was in um, elementary school, and uh, when I got older, I bought. The book for myself, and I just recently reread it because I wanted to do um, 
an episode on it. And apparently there are two other books in the series. The first one is My Side of the Mountain, which we're going to be going over today. Uh, the second in the series is On the Far Side of the Mountain. And the last book in the series is called Frightful's Mountain. Um, so just a breakdown of what the story is about. It's about a young boy who lives in New York and decides to run away from home, uh, not because he's angry with people, but because he just, he, you know, he's sick of the, he's got like family that used to live up in the, in the, the mountains and uh, he's just really inspired about it. So he runs to the mountains and he ends up living there off the land uh, by himself for uh, a year and uh, it's it really I've I've thought about this story my entire life I, after hearing it the first time it's it's just never gone away uh, from me so uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read some important things about this book um, from the author's preface in here now again this book came out <clears throat> in 1959 so you know, it's an older book. Uh, I strongly suggest going out and reading a copy of it. It's really not that long. It's only uh, it is only 177 pages. So um, it's a really short read, easy read. And there's a lot of information about this um, or about like living in the wilderness in this book, which is another reason why I love this book so much. But I'm going to read uh, part of the preface for you. And this is about like kind of the philosophy of it's it's a philosophy of why um he wrote the book or what the philosophy behind writing the book although wishing to run to the woods and live on our own seems to be an inherent characteristic in our family we are not unique almost everyone i know has dreamed at some point of running away to a distant mountain or island castle or sailing ship to live there in beauty and peace few of us make it though um and that's so beautiful because it's 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 not and it's beautiful because when you're a kid, I feel like you do have those moments where you want to run away from home and you kind of just want to be on your own. And I'm gonna go. I just I'm sick of it. I'm leaving. Or maybe you just like like Sam, the character in this book, uh, just want to go and be in the wilderness because maybe your family's used family used to live there. Um, or uh, you know your ancestors, or maybe uh, you know living on the sea really. Um, uh, just calls to you. But I think what's so beautiful about what he just wrote is that you can also take from it when you're an adult, you kind of want the same thing. I mean, I, I know there's people everywhere in America right now that live in cities and, um, uh, you know, more densely populated areas that because of all the rioting and all these civil unrest, they, in the back of their mind or probably have said out loud that they just want to run away and <laughs> live off the land and 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 just be on their own because they're just so sick of society and uh although it's not healthy to want to run away from society I feel like I feel like you should try to at least be t connected to it somehow it's it's really it really is appealing um the idea of uh leaving it all behind and just going to live off the land on your own and uh, yeah, but I'm going to move on in the, the, uh, the preface and read um, a passage about how like a conversation between uh, George and, the, and his publisher. So Elliot, the publisher, she said, won't print the book. 
He says parents should not encourage their kids to leave home. Discouraged, I hung up the phone and walked into the woods behind the house. As always, when I am in the wild wood, I very quickly forget what my trouble what was troubling me. A senatorial crow was protecting its flock by watching the skies for hawks. A squirrel was building a nest of leaves for winter. A spider was tapping out a message to his mate on a line on her web. Better to run to the woods than the city, I thought. Here, there is the world to occupy the mind. The telephone rang. Shannon was back on the wire, and she had, was almost singing. Elliot had changed his mind, and what, I asked her, had worked the miracle. I simply told him it is better to have chosen run to the woods than the city, she said. He thought about that. Since he has a home in the wilds of the uh, Adirondack Mountains and goes off there alone himself, he suddenly understood your book. My Side of the Mountain will be published in the spring of 59. And I just think, <laughs> I just think there's that, that quote, run to the mountain, encourage kids to run to the mountains and not the city is, is beautiful. I think it's beautiful because from my personal experience, I grew up in a more country-esque area of the world. And when I went to college, I went to San Francisco, like I've said many times on the podcast. And I did feel like I got a lot out of going to San Francisco, but my heart is always in the forest, I feel like. My heart is always in the woods, and that's where I'm truly meant to be. And I think encouraging kids to run to the woods instead of a city has other implications, like if you go to the woods and you're camping or whatever, or you're surviving or you're trying to live out there, there's self-reliance which is huge because you, you run to the city and you're surrounded by stores and markets and people and systems and cars and transportation. So you can, you know, it's not all handed to you, but around some corner, if you look, there's somebody that could help you. Um, you know, everybody's garbage is in one area. So, you, you know, it's just... In a city, you do have to be self-reliant, especially if you want to get those big big apartments and the big towers and everything and hold down a job and live comfortably. Um, but in the forest, it's literally, there's nothing given to you. Everything that you need to survive is something that you need to gather for yourself. And teaching children to be self-reliant, not completely when they're children, but to start putting those values in them to be proud of being self-reliant is something that's so lost, especially in this generation. And you can see it with these, uh, the Antifa kids and the, the Black Lives Matter kids. They, their cries for justice are not cries for justice. It's cries for really help to be honest because they're they're asking and but it's not it's not help in the sense like oh can you help me do this it's give me this so i can have this and it will be fair it's and it's it goes to that participation trophy garbage and 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 that what can you do for me it's not what can i do for you because people that are self-reliant also are more willing to be 
giving than somebody that is uh, dependent on some kind of system or dependent on on a person. And this story does a great job of of teaching you that because he goes through the difficulties of finding a house, sleeping in the cold the first night, uh, dealing with the snow, dealing with animals. Uh, a, there's a bunch of like, it's not super heavy metaphors, but there's metaphors in there about trusting animals over men and men or animals and uh, the how, how news media works because the, at one point in the story, um, some, some kid kid comes up and he's like a school reporter and he wants to do a story on Sam and Sam is really wary about giving him information because he doesn't want the rest of the world to come and get him because they know if a kid's there then they're going to come and get him because he's so young and stuff like that and it just it's it's such a obviously you can't do this like Sam's story you couldn't run away to the mountains and live inside of a tree and do all that, you'd probably end up dying. Uh, what's that famous uh, story of that hitchhiker that just went into the woods with really no training, and the last picture they have of him is him, like, emancipated on a, the top of a bus waving. Uh, run, run the wild, into the wild, or something like that. And, and this story is nothing like that, because it's not some guy with some ideology trying to go out and it's it's kind of the same concept where he's trying to like run away from society but he had no preparation whereas Sam was raised the character from my side of the mountain was raised in a family that that taught, that had falconers so they trained falcons and um that's where he gets his uh he he kidnaps a uh, baby falcon and raises it frightful um and uh you know, he had lessons and some kind of preparation to go out into the mountain and live by himself. Um, another huge thing is he goes to the library, his local library, and he's reading books on uh, survival and um, berries, like good food or good good berries to eat and like different edible things out there and he uh, makes his own clothes from deer skins, and he doesn't have like a gun or anything. But he, he, uh, you know, hunters will go out and they'll shoot a deer, and sometimes they won't be able to find the deer. Well, Sam's out there, you know, covering up the deer, so it's a little bit harder for them to find. And he's getting all this meat, and he's preserving it, and it's just it's the more and more you read about it, the more he has to has to do for himself. And because he's so young and the story's kind of, you know, you couldn't really do that nowadays with the amount of, uh, you know, evil people out there. You know, if someone stumbles upon a kid out in the wild by themselves, you know, the dangerous stuff could happen. But, you know, it's just, it's such a good story. I, I highly suggest people go and read it. Um, there was another part from the preface I wanted to say. From that date to this, I have been answering children's letters about Sam. Most want to know if he is a real person. Some, convinced that he is, have biked to Delhi, New York, from as far as Long Island, New York, to find his tree, his falcon, weasel, and raccoon. To these and all others who ask, I say, there is no real Sam except inside me. His adventures are fulfillment of that day long ago when I told my mother I was going to run away. 
got as far as the edge of the woods, and came back. Perhaps Sam will fulfill your dreams too. Be you writer or reader, it is very pleasant to run away in a book. And again, another beautiful little passage right there at the end of the author's preface. Um, you know, going back to C.S. Lewis's quote, let them have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. That is courageous. Going out on your own. People should idolize Sam. Shouldn't be idolizing whatever the main character of that Cuties movie is. We need more characters like Sam. And I think another beautiful thing within that last passage, um, there is no real Sam except inside me. Um, You know, create good stories for children by putting yourself into the book. I think most writers do that anyway. They most you can trace most of what a writer puts into a a fictional book, you know. Um you can you can trace it back to their own personality and I think that's beautiful. I think I think that's how you create heroic stories for children, how you create inspiring stories for children and and on top of all of on top of all of the just like how cool how cool the story is it also has information in here about like uh berries it has information about uh like fire building uh fishing and again self-reliance um it's just it's a beautiful story and i i feel like the world lacks these types of original stories because Hollywood like Disney are always rehashing their old movies and trying to put new uh, agendas into it. Like with Mulan, you can't take the, the original Disney cartoon for Mulan. You can't take Mulan or you can't take Mushu and the cricket out of it because it, it, it gave you that homey feeling that she was like, she had like her own team with her and her ancestors with her and, all the brave things that she did on that mountain to to protect her 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 troop and to honor her father and it's just it was so it was such a good movie and so inspiring and as a kid you know when you're a little boy you kind of you're kind of uh less interested in in the female characters but Mulan was one of those movies that it didn't matter that she was a girl it was it was actually kind of it was actually kind of cool because at the end of it she's on top of uh, the 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 temple and she's fighting Kong by himself by herself and sword in hand and everything and she does the Obi Wan pose and you know so they, we just don't have good stories like that anymore because people are, are afraid or at least I in my opinion I think people are afraid to write what they feel they they're writing for what they think they have to write. Um, uh, another example of what, how all of this, how this agenda is being pushed, moving away from my side of the mountain. Um, funny way to say it because that's the title of the book. And whatever uh, the what is it? The Oscars just put out like a like a guideline for uh, <laughs> films can only be put up for awards if they have like. Uh, LGBTQ and diversity and it's like wow now they're telling 
now they're telling artists how to write. So now people aren't going to be scared to write what they want. They're just going to write with inside the box of what some stupid ass award show tells you you can write because they think it's going to because it is going to make them more money because in the in the art world that's how money works, you know, or that's how it how it works is you can only continue to do your art if you make enough money to continue to do it and if doing it means you have to write with inside of a box so that you can get on an award show and then do a tour with your little trophy and everything people are going to do that so children good children's stories are crucial and i feel like people that go on a limb and start to write them i think you should support support those you should just support them and you you know read read my side of the mountain um and you know what i'm gonna check out the other two books in the series apparently uh because uh my side of the mountain um ends in a way that you could set this up but i think on the far side of the mountain the second book in uh george's series um it's about the Sam's sister going to the mountains too. And apparently just from the title of the book, I'm assuming she goes to the farther side of the mountain. Then Sam has to go and uh, track her down and they end up maybe doing the same thing Sam had done years before. And then Frightful's Mountain, I think is the story of Frightful coming back to Sam. When I was in the store and I had all three books in my hand, uh, uh, Frightful's Mountain was pretty long, so maybe Sam grows up and it's about uh, maybe him going over uh, all of the adventures he had uh, back in his day and then back when his sister was out doing her thing. And So th- they look really interesting, and now that I've uh, finally gotten around to doing this episode, maybe I should take that and uh, go read those books as well. So, uh, thanks for listening to today's episode. Um, I have some guests that are going to be coming on some future episodes. Um, If you haven't guessed already, I don't really do consistent episodes, but the way I do try to stay consistent is have at least two to three um, episodes come out a month from the show. Uh, There's so many things I would like to talk about, so many episodes and like series that I would like to cover. Um, Star Wars and Harry Potter being two of the biggest ones. Um, but it's all its all about time. Again, we, I don't do this show for money. I do this to inspire people to think and hopefully to inspire other artists to, um, to, to start doing their own thing. Because, uh, again, the only way that we can combat these evil agendas that are being pushed down people's throats through media is to create real stories with real meat and potatoes behind it you know like real subsidence so um please subscribe uh wherever you listen to your podcast uh maybe think about giving us a review on apple Podcasts. and um if you want to stay up to date on like what's what i'm doing with the show uh you can go over to my parlor account uh Rubius, at Rubius Rambles, all one word. Uh, this is a parlor-exclusive show, the free speech platform that is uh, um, better than Twitter because they don't censor you. Uh, I highly recommend, though, using the moderation thing because sometimes, the, you know, because anybody can post anything on it, you can see some really graphic stuff, and if that's not your, 
you know, if you can't handle that kind of stuff, I highly suggest using the moderation uh, tool that Parler has because uh, they don't they don't ban people for speaking what they want to speak or posting what they want to post. Um, that being said, thanks for tuning in. I am Simon Rubius, and this was Rubius Rambles. <laughs>